it's not fair. He can sing and still has his hair. I can't sing. I have no hair. However, I did try to get the youth pastor fired. I said, you don't have a good one. I still have a hard top and white sidewalls, and I'll make a much better youth pastor than he is. It's good to be with you tonight and to enjoy the blessings of the Lord with you. I was sitting there thinking, and uh, this past June, 26 years ago, I walked into your church from Nassau, Bahamas, and uh, he's talking about heritage. The spirit that we felt, the love of God that was here, this church has a heritage. As your former pastor, let me say to you, don't ever lose it. Keep the spirit of the Almighty God. I'm reminded of so many miracles that took place while pastoring. Not because of me, but because of the heritage and because of this church. It was 19 and 19 that this church began on Lee Street. It was 1939 that this church had its revival. When you moved to Main Street, how people did not believe in the Spirit of God. This city hired someone to come in and try to falsely accuse but when a man had studied the languages heard a seven-year-old girl speak in seven fluent languages and made the statement no kid of that age could have learned the language that she had spoken church of god keep the spirit of god in your church thank god for the heritage of this church and I am honored to have been one of your pastors. Don't tell nobody I said this, but my wife said when we stepped off the plane in Roanoke, it felt like home. Who would have ever thought an old Georgia boy would move to Virginia and make it his home? Never been in Virginia in my life before until that time, but God has been good. God has been good. I am blessed. I am blessed for all the great things that God has done for us as we celebrate the heritage that we have. I don't have any heritage in the church of God. My dad was an alcoholic. I'm the only black sheep in my family. I'm the only Pentecostal other than my immediate family, the rest of Nazarenes and Baptists. My shouting old granddad of Methodist, I've seen him run the aisle so many times. When he heard that I was in the church and received the baptism, he got in his car and made it his business to drive all the way to our home and simply said, without knocking on the door, just burst in the house and looked at me and said, I hear you speaking in them their tongues. Have nothing to do with it. I don't have a heritage, but I have a savior. I have a healer. I have a sanctifier. I have a comforter in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And he brought this old boy a long way. Now my wife, her little five foot two grandmother, looked at a big old six foot six man and pointed her finger up into his face and said, I'll have your children, I'll cook your meals, and I'll wash your clothes, but you're not going to tell me where I can go to church. She births 10 children for him, and all 10 of them are still in Pentecost and still in the church. My wife tells me that they used to go see Granny Benton, and she would be praying, and no one went in the house, but she was praying for a family. What a heritage. And out of that 10 children, there's about 20-something ministers because the little lady held on to God. Church of God, don't look down your nose. Don't be sorry, but look up. God is still God. Amen? He is still on the throne. Well, it's so good to be with you tonight and to be able to speak. Um, what do you do with a guy to invite you to come speak for him, then runs off and leaves? I've never heard you speak. Would you come speak? He'll never hear me speak if he keeps running. What do you do with someone that way? Now, I don't blame him. If my son was about to go on a golf state team, I suppose I would have. Well, I was on the state council, and my son was playing football, and he was being honored and received some uh, trophies, and I just told the state council and the overseer, I'll be back tomorrow. I said, Don, you can't go. I said, watch me. <laughs> and I went to the, uh, see my son receive a reward. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. Turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke 1, 32 and 33. Notice what it says. Luke 1, 32 and 33. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Father, I thank you today for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for all the mercies you have shown toward us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch us tonight. God, help us to look to you that you will give us the peace and the joy that you would have us to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Not only do you have a heritage in this life, and not only does this church have a heritage, but I'd like to speak to you tonight about a heritage that is coming to us that God has promised us. See, everybody has looked for a perfect age and dreamed of a perfect age since hum all throughout humanity since Adam and Eve was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Men have endeavored to achieve to this, but to no avail. The Greeks thought that they could uh, come up with a perfect form of man, but failed. And others have the theory that 
if we continue to go and the earth is going to we take care of the earth, that we're going to have a golden age and have a millennium right here upon the earth. But that's not what Paul said in 2 Timothy 3 and 13. Evil men shall seduce worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Today, bloodshed and violence and immorality and other vices is the order of the day. The Bible says, for whom they shall say, when they shall say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction cometh upon them, as travail to woman with child, and they shall have no escape. First Thessalonians 5 and 3. Yes, scientifically and materially, the world is getting better. But spiritually, the world is continued to get worse and worse, and nations is getting worse and worse. And friend, don't be looking for it to get any better because the scripture tells us that everything is going to get worse and worse. See, the lack of spirituality in a country will bring the very rot, the very fibers of a nation. And look at our nation the way it's going. And we look down and we see all the things that is happening. But I, I want to tell you tonight, the scripture says in Proverbs 29 and 2, when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. A day is coming when the prayer that people have prayed, not my will, God, but your will, and your will on earth as it is in heaven. The day is coming when the will of God will be upon this earth as it is in heaven. And churches have prayed that prayer for a thousand years as it is in the day let it come. And see, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven as it in, is in earth. You see, we want a perfect world. We want a world that we can live in. But Jesus didn't promise that down here. But he promised, Don Weaver, you live for me. And one day, we're going to see it by the grace of God. And we're going to have it. That's the heritage that everyone under the sound of my voice has today. That we can have the love of the Almighty God and live in peace and joy for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be wonderful. My wife said, going to church this morning, she simply said, you know, I don't want to turn the TV on. I don't care not about reading the newspapers. There's nothing in it encouraging. It makes you look down. She said, but we see the signs of the time. We know that Jesus is coming, and I'm, he's going to take us home to a better day and a better place, and I'm just looking forward to it. So look up, church. Better days are coming because Jesus Christ, our Lord, is coming and taking us home to be with him. To God be the glory. That's what he promised. That is my heritage. That is my heritage. I've had to help, help hold my dad down, him screaming, talking about something was out there and he's going to get him. I, I've seen my mother beg him, don't take the food off the table. Don't take the money. The kids won't have anything to eat. And on the list could go. But Jesus said, all you that labor and heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. He tells me if I love him and give him my heart and my life, that one day I'm going to live with him forever. Oh, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, listen, if it were not true, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. 
praise God we've got something coming and to look forward to. And it won't be long. I don't believe it's going to be long. We're talking about a new kingdom that'll be ushered in by the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I read from the 19th chapter of Revelation. And he says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat up on him called Faithful and Truth. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew. But he himself, he, had a, uh, he was clothed in, in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen and white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword with that it should smite the nation. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fearless and the wrath of the almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and the Lord of lords. When the Lord comes to, to establish his kingdom, kingdom upon this world and this earth, he come in power and glory. At the time of that great battle, the Armageddon will be fought. This is one of the greatest battles that will ever be fought. But the king himself will fight it. We won't need any tanks. We won't need any artillery. But Jesus, the son of the living God, is going to fight the battle for us. See, behold, the king can be established to the Antichrist before the kingdom can be established. Established, the Antichrist has to be done away with. Notice what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8. That the Lord shall consume the Antichrist with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Oh, my wife and I was riding the other day somewhere and she looked at the clouds said it wouldn't it be wonderful if they just opened up and the Lord Jesus Christ step out on it. Oh, when he come in his brightness. You see, he came the first time of the Lord when he come to earth. He come in humility and quietness, but the second time he'll come with a shout vaulted from the dooms of glory. The first time he came, he came alone in loneliness. When he comes again, he'll come with power and great glory. The first time he came, he came as the Lamb of God. But when he comes again, he'll come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The first time he came, he came as a sin barrier. But the Bible says the second time he comes, he will appear without sin unto salvation. The first time he came, he came despised. But the next time... He'll come and he will rule with authority. The first time he came, he bore a rugged cross. The next time he comes, he'll come with a golden crown upon his head. The first time he came, he one star in the east shone where he was. But he's coming up on the white horse again. The moon would be dripped in blood. The sun will be black as sackcloth. But I want to tell you, the victim of the cross will be the victor. Praise God. Once and all, the victor is coming again upon this old world. And Brother Charlie Ramsey, he's coming back after you. And he's coming back after me. He's coming back ever born after ever born again, Christian. The victor is coming. And we're going to have a heritage that no one can give and no one can take away because Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I, oh, hallelujah. Give God praise. The Son of the living God is going to rise victorious forevermore and evermore. 
Blessed be his name. He shall, notice what he said, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the most highest and he shall come and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever and forever of his kingdom and they shall be no end. Governments of this world may try to shut him out. They may try to stop him. But I want to tell you something, my friend. You can't fight against the power of the Almighty God. He's going to reign forever and forevermore. And we will be his. I'm his son. You're his son. You're his daughter. We are his children. And he's coming back for us. Praise his holy name. That's what it's all about tonight, church. See, Isaiah's prophecy shall be made a reality. Notice what he said. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Nine and six. The Bible states from the age of, of the righteousness for a thousand years reign. It's going to be something. A thousand years reign. Oh, can you imagine living in Pulaski, Virginia. Can you imagine living in Pulaski County where there's no sin, where there's no drugs, where there's no alcohol, where the, 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 there's no temptation? Jesus said, I'm coming back and you're going to reign with me. That'll be worth it all. My Lord, it will be worth it all. He's talking about we are going to live with him for ever but a thousand years but you see the bible says in verses one and three and i saw an angel come down from heaven having the keys of and, and, and that old devil that old deceiver that old sluice foot he's going to chain him and throw him into a bottomless pit praise god forevermore and we can't be tempted can you imagine how many has ever been tempted You know what the rest of... Oh, well, I won't say that. <laughs> the rest of it is untruth. I put it there. Everybody has been tempted. One of my former clerks not long ago passed, and he was 97, I believe it was, and his son-in-law said, Pop, how old do you have to be before you quit being tempted? He said, I'm not that old yet. The devil is going to tempt you up to your dying day. I never shall forget standing beside the bed of a precious saint of God of hours we pastored in. She looked up at me and said, Pastor, the devil is tormenting me. He says, I'm not going to make it. She had three children. The children were standing there beside her. And she looked at them and said, Children, would you step out in the hall? And she began to talk to me and said, Pastor, the devil is tormenting me. He's tormented. I looked down and said, called her by name, and I said, if you don't make it, there's no need for no one else to try. You've lived a godly life, and you, you, you've, you've lived, and you've done this, and so on and on. And all of a sudden, she said, but oh, he says, I'm not going to make it. 
And I began to pray, and she lifted that hand up and began to, to praise God, and the Spirit of God came down, and she began to speak with a heavenly language and drew a deep breath and went home to be with the Lord. I want to tell you something. The devil's going to tempt you right up to the very moment, but there's coming a time. Praise God. Our heritage, we will not be tempted anymore. Praise his holy name. Pray, that's what he's talking about, the heritage that God has given us. We're going to live. See, this is the right place for Satan at the bottom of the old pit. He's going to rule over the demons and all of those, and, but hey, he can stay there. But this will be a golden age, a glorious era for the Bible says. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Hey, people may look down on you. You ever been looked down on? When I was in school, they made fun of me. I didn't have the clothes others had. I don't know if y'all know what brogans are or not, but that's what we got. And the soul will come loose from the, the body and take a piece of haywire and tie right in the front of it. and It would keep it from flopping. And that, that's, well, I got one pair a year where I needed them or not. And, and people would laugh. But let me tell you, let them laugh. Donnie Weaver is going to reign with God. Hallelujah. Oh, they may not think much of us, but we're going to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. He promised that the righteous is going to reign. Oh, we're going to reign with him forevermore. I've got something to look forward to. I don't have a whole lot of money. In fact, I don't have a penny in my pocket tonight. May die that way. How I know. But I know one thing under name is written in. And I'm going to be reigning with him for the Lord has promised this to us. And we begin to look at it in the goodness and the graciousness of God. Not only that, but see, when he begins to tell him when the righteous shall be, begin to reign. As a reward of the faithfulness of the saints, he should give them authority over cities. Anybody in here ever run for the mayor of Pulaski? Well, you might be the mayor of Pulaski. That's what he said. We're going to reign over cities. We're going to be in authority. To God be the glory. Uh, uh, you know, we look around and sometimes we don't think we're doing this and doing that. And we, we aren't that. But God said, this is my, to those that are faithful. You're going to reign with him. Reign with him. Daniel 7 and 18 said, The saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Not only that, saints, but listen to me carefully, and I don't want to. I, I look around tonight, and there's so many faces that were here, and uh, they're past and gone on. And I was thinking, Brother Mitchell, Sister Mary Ann, that Sunday night, that, she come walking in and couldn't hardly walk. You sit right there on that front pew and, and we prayed for her and I said, get up and do something you couldn't do. She stomped a foot and then she reached over and stomped the other foot and hollered and we prayed again and she got up and run around this church and come, God healed those. I don't know how she bust, 
broker healed, but God healed them. I, I, I began to think of that and begin to think of others that God had touched and blessed. Church, I want to tell you something. We got something to look forward to. And, and there's the worldlies and uh, just the Bowmans and numbers of them has gone on. But you know my heritage. God said, I'm going to meet them all. Hallelujah. God said, I'm going to meet them all. I, I never will forget that Wednesday night sitting right, right out there. Little Alina was drinking a drink of water. And I aggravated her. And I said, get away from there. That cool water is just for the pastor. You don't drink that. And she looked up at me and reached down and got another drink. And there's a little tr trinkle run down her cheek. And she turned around and looked at me and said, okay, Baldy, it's all yours. And down the hallway she went. And, and I never will forget her taking my hand and my wife's hand and looked up at us and said, hey, guys, I don't want to die. But if I do, it'd be like me going to spend a night with Grandma and you coming in the morning. I've got a heritage, church. I'm going to meet them all. Praise God. You've got a heritage. You're going to meet them all. That's what God is. My old granddaddy didn't like me getting in Pentecost. But I've been to that old farmhouse. He'd get down on his knees and his long drawers, suffering draw. He began to pray, Our Heavenly Father, I pray for my sons, my grandsons. Keep your hand up. I'm going to see you, granddad. Hallelujah. My brother that come by and preached for us here, I was in the Memorial Hospital there in Chattanooga when he had cancer. And he looked up at me and said, Donnie, would you do me a favor? I said, if I can. He said, would you do my funeral? I, said, I don't want to do that. But I was there and I, I put him in his hospital bed and I, I cooked his last breakfast. And we got in and I was going to fill in somewhere here in Virginia in the church. And I said, I'll be back Monday. But before we got home, we got a phone call that MK had gone to be with the Lord. I want to tell you something. That little boy, he was 5'8", and he's the first one in our family got saved. And he cried unto God, unto God saved all nine of his siblings. I've heard him cry, oh God, don't let my brother Don die and go to hell. I heard him cry, echoed out across that farmland and that branch. Oh, but God has given me a heritage. He said, Donnie Weaver, you're going to see him again. Oh, I'm looking forward to the time that I can walk up and say, hey, I made it because of your prayer. Church, we got a heritage tonight. Look up and hold on. Be faithful unto the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I met a young man that come here. Don't even remember his name. I'm all the time meeting people. He said, Pastor, can you still do the weaver shuffle? I said, I don't know. You know, but I feel like doing the weaver shuffle. But you know, God is still God. Amen. We got something to look forward to. Regardless of the problems, regardless of the troubles, God be the glory. He's coming back and he's going to take us home to be with him forevermore. 
and his goodness and his blessings. And he included me, a sharecropper son, a nobody. He saved me, wrote my name down in the Lamb of the Book of Life, and he made me some promises. Well, praise God. I remember my first Sunday here. It was quite as a church mouse. And I stopped. I said, this ain't going to work. I'm used to people worshiping God. In the Bahamas, they're preaching, oh, man, dear Lord. They'll shout you down. And you turn it loose. And for the next six years, we had church. I just want to have church tonight, church. That's all. I told your pastor the other day, and I said, Pastor Gore, I, I don't understand some preachers. I may be stepping on somebody's toes, but they're wanting to quit. And my wife says, why don't you quit? I can't quit. There's something within me. There's a go ye in me. I remember when the church used to be filled on Sunday evening. I don't understand people that call themselves saints of God that can't attend the house of God. God done something for me. Oh, blessed be his name. And he said to those that are faithful, oh, praise God. To those that are faithful, we're going to reign with him. We're going to reign with him. This November the 12th, 56 years ago, I preached my first sermon. And I hadn't quit yet. I'd just soon die the night in this pulpit as anywhere I know. See, I know what God done for me. I know where I come from. And I began to read this book. And it made me some promises. He said, Donnie, if you'll be faithful, you're going to inherit the kingdom. <laughs> Praise God. And many of you sitting here tonight are here because mom and dad brought you here. Your grandfathers, the heritage that you have, that God has blessed you to God be the glory for the old people, the older people that taught us the way to go. Praise his holy name. See, it's going to be a kingdom of peace. The apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 2 and 12, if we suffer we shall also reign with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Daniel 7 and 22 said, Until the ancient days come, and the judgment is given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. 
The kingdom will be characterized by peace. There shall be no end. There shall be no need for summits, for conferences. God is going to give us peace. I like that song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace Coming Down from the Father Above. Sweep over my soul. Peace. You see, when I, I, I come up on Friday nights and Saturdays, if my dad come home, there was no peace. One of the kids would holler, he's drunk. That means run, hide, get away. I've seen him break every dish my mama had. There'll come a time when there's peace. A six-foot-six Nazarene preacher on a hot August day in South Georgia walked 13 miles round trip to invite the Weaver family to church. Seven miles, or six miles, and seven-tenths one way. And he walked up to that three-room farmhouse that nine of us lived in. Knocked on the door. I never will forget it. My mother opened the door. No wonder, just old wooden shutters. He said, I'm Pastor Hitchcock from the Nazarene Church in Pavo, and I'd like to come pick you up and take you to church tomorrow. I didn't have the money to buy the gas to drive out today and tomorrow. My mother said, my kids doesn't have clothes. It don't worry about it. First time I ever remember riding in a car, that man come and picked us up. He cared for a family that was nobody's. And out of that one visit, my brother got saved, called to the ministry. God called me. I have two sons that's in the ministry. My brother has a son that's in the ministry. My older sister has a son that's in the ministry. There's 11 ministers out of the Weaver family from that one visit. He promised us peace. It was that farm that a man come out with his gun and try to run my dad off where we wouldn't get anything after the crops was made. We grew up poor, but oh, but he said, you shall reign with me. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to reign with him. Why? Because of his love. In church, he said, you that are faithful, my Lord, I don't usually go this long on Sunday night. But you see, I just want to talk. We're talking about heritage. Every one of us has a heritage tonight. Your mom and dad may be like mine that didn't grow up in the church, but we have a Savior that's promised you something. You have a heritage. You have a heritage tonight. And by the grace of God, we're going to make it. 
I see millions in the world are suffering around the world. But God simply says that whosoever will, whosoever will. And we go into a place, we go into a place that we'll never have to worry about anything anymore. We go with God. Now, as I bring this to a close and I'm messing up a good outline, but you see, we go into a place where there'll be no need of hospitals, no need of doctors, don't have to worry about insurance, don't have to worry about paying taxes, don't have to worry about paying bills. We're going to a place that God's prepared for us. I could tell you some stories that my wife and I have gone through. But the song says, it'll be worth everything. Every heartache. Every disappointment. Every critical word that's been said to us and about us. It's going to be worth it all, church. And my encouragement to you is, he said this, to you that are faithful. And if you reign, if you suffer for him, you're going to reign with him. You're going to reign with him. You understand what I'm saying? Sick, we may have pain, we may have been criticized, may have been looked down upon, but the list could go on and on and on and on for whatever you may have gone through. But church, it'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. It will be worth it all. Have you ever faltered? Yes. Have you ever goofed up? Yes. Have you ever made mistakes? Yes. But what did you do? You run to the cross. You run to the cross. You fall upon your face and say, God, it's me again. It's me again. I got my eyes focused upon the cross, upon Calvary, upon heaven. I want to see Jesus more than anything in the world. Every morning, I get up around 5 o'clock. I get up and I have prayer. I remember, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I'll move my pew. I used to come right over here and kneel down beside that pew, and that's where I would talk with the Lord. About every morning between 5 and 5.30, you would find me praying. I want to tell you something, church. Brother Turpin, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. It's Brother Charlie Ramsey. It's worth it all. Church of God is worth it all. Sister B. Ogle, it's worth it all. Praise God. Stand with me. I don't know the